everyone, everyone, welcome to Thanks Flicking. That's right. Kind of annual podcast event here, just like the 31 Days of Dread. I did this like two years ago. Had a uh, like a moment yesterday on episode 339 because we're, we're at episode 340 here. And towards the end of that episode, you know, like I, I'm kind of debating uh, what thanks flicking should be or what it is and and how I should present it to all of you. And I, it kind of lightning struck my brain. I mean, if you go back and listen to the episode, you, you see it, you hear it. It happens in real time. And the overall concept of thanks flicking is I, I kind of want to discuss and celebrate the films that mean something to me. And we're starting. We're, we're doing this, this new thing. And it begins with the Dark Crystal. So let's get through that intro and jump on it. Yeah, like, yeah every time. Every time I say the films that mean something to me, I feel like like there's something that happens in my brain that you know like creeps through my gray matter <laughs> that wants me to over explain it. And I don't know if it if if I need it because this doesn't mean that uh, the, like I'm gonna be thankful for the best films, you know like it's or the most popular or, uh, like films that are kind of uh, in in the zeitgeist, in the lexicon. Not at all. No, the, these are films that like every single time I watch them, uh, they're new to me. And, and there's elements that uh, kind of like vibrate through the movie, like into me. And it's like a new vibration. Um, you know, like it, every time I see it, it's 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 original. Uh, it, it fires my brain. It gets my dopamine going. You know, it's it's a little bit like uh, snorting cocaine, doing a couple shots of fireball. It really is. So we're talking 1982, Dark Crystal. Shout out to my buddy, John, who uh, a couple years ago, you know, pre-pandemic, we, we went to New York. We went to the uh, sound, uh, right, light and sound museum in Brooklyn. And we saw a lot of the costumes and sketch work. I believe there was some sketch work there. So some of the Brian Ford sketch work. And that's one of the visionaries behind the Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal has three visionaries. But we saw like some of the, the costumes. And, and, and it was, it's kind of cool. That stuff, um, you know, I always thanked him for that day. Because I was like a really cool day. But, and, but a lot of that stuff never resonated with me. The, uh, like, an action figure coming out of the Dark Crystal never really resonated with me. Or, a, like, a bust or a prop replica. And the reason for that is because I think when, you, when you're more attached to that, you're less into the movie. You're less attached to the movie. <laughs> I mean, might, you might be saying, Pete, you're mad. Like, come on. But, over, I mean, I think some of this... <laughs> some of this like attitude definitely bleeds into Terminator Aliens and Predator where people are so into uh, like the aesthetics of those movies like even they'll spend $500 for like a Japanese uh, you know um, Xenomorph head box set that has all eight movies 
and they'll they'll import it and they'll they'll spend like you know like their whole paycheck on a box set and they're really just buying the xenomorph head that holds maybe two movies that you might just want I, i'm not eight maybe like maybe four like you know but you guys see the point though like you're more into the product than into the movie because i'm sure if you sat that person down i'm being very general here by the way and you talk to talk or you spoke to them about alien uh resurrection they'll uh, you know like there are nuances about what's what really works about that movie or insight to like the mechanics of that movie just as a product just as a flick it's probably going to be nominal it might not even be there but they'll talk to you till they're blue in the face about alien and aliens because those are the only two watchable and rewatchable but when we're focused and we're forced to focus on the movie it's different you know and i and and i have a similar position when i buy like an art book uh, I, i'm so divided with how i look at art books anymore because if i'm getting something about jackson pollock it seems crazy because it's not represent it doesn't represent like the real painting at all like you know like ex especially or like Cezanne uh, and like the the water lilies when you see those in person they're they're the size of a wall what 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 does a book do i need to see it in person and i just feel like when we get attached to these movies we're we're in love with them but we're also in love with the like like the marketing and the products and we forget about the movies and and uh you know like friday the 13th nightmare on elm street uh both two amazing like perfect reboots uh no one cares like because it's not in these like box sets and stuff like like you know it's just weird okay so <laughs> the dark crystal though uh also shout out to my friend rob uh, who I just re reconnected with because I remember going to Florida uh, to Disney with his family like way back. Uh, and I made audio cassettes of two movies with his help because he was a, a an audio like he audio genius, audio engineer. Um, what he's able to understand just through sound, it's amazing. Uh, he's a mechanic. He works in cars. <laughs> uh, Miss Calling? I don't know. Like, you know, like th these are a lot of the things I, I debate with. Uh, to, you know, and you'll be like, Pete, it's someone's life. <laughs> what are you doing debating someone's life? I just mean, like, my, uh, the way how I view it. Okay? Like, he's he's a happy dude, and I'm happy that, that he's happy. But we go to Florida, and I have an audio cassette of just again i made it transformers the movie and i have won the dark crystal and you know like i had to use both sides of the cassette so i you know some of it may have um skipped a little like you know like cause ju just the way we made it maybe i'll get into that later and i used to like in high school like senior year in high school and probably the two years following that uh, i spent a lot of time at the drawing table listening to dark crystal strictly audio no no visual 
calls it the TV and everything was was in the basement. And I had uh, my drawing studio was on like the second floor of my uh, parents' house. So <laughs> like that's that's how influential this movie was. I remember the original clamshell. Okay, it was a green, uh, very wonky airbrush artwork. But, what, you know, like when Dark Crystal got re-released on VHS and was like family entertainment type thing. <laughs> and, you're, and you watch Dark Crystal and you're like, there's nothing family entertainment about this, this creepy, creepy ass movie. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you would buy it. I think I bought it at Kmart. And, and boom, like you were off to the races because there, I'm pretty sure there was like a pretty sizable gap because it was like HBO home video, like VHS release. And then there was like, there was a good gap. And then like this, uh, pun intended for the intended sequel, but there was like a power of the dark crystal that came up through the years. Like, year after year, more and more people were piling onto, like, the Dark Crystal, which is now, it's it's it has, like, a marketing arm. You know, like, statues, props, action figures, posters, t-shirts, keychains, cat, cats and dogs living together. But back in those early days, it was unique and it was original. It's probably the most original movie ever made, like, through and through. I did this comic book. It was called Eyes of Asia. The font, the the way how the logo looks is inspired by the Dark Crystal. The idea that the Dark Crystal is the absolute end of a giant saga that is all through the lore and, and subtext of the movie. But because we're at the very end of this arc, that also found its way into Eyes of Asia. Like, you know, like, this movie embedded itself in me. Uh, Dark Crystal also, how about this? Like, you know, you want to talk about how we classify things? Uh, Post-apocalyptic. So, I remember, like, and I would really love to dig it up, include it in the uh, the blog that's going to accompany this uh, recording on akapad.com slash blog. Harlan Ellison uh, went on one time about the Dark Crystal. And his opinions on movies are just incredible. His takes on flicks are, I mean, I'll never, never uh, be as good as, as, as he. But he goes on about the Dark Crystal, comparing it, I'm pretty sure, to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Ring movies. And he says, like... Those aren't fantasy movies. I mean, we have people in them. They're carrying swords. They're like drinking alcohol. Like, yeah, not saying that the Dark Crystal doesn't have these elements, but the point he was trying to make is that even when we put Lord of the Rings in the fantasy category or Willow, never ending story. Okay, fantasy film is a very like fantasy world film. I'll say that. Because you have movies like, you know, like uh, Midnight in Paris and stuff like that. That were like fantasies. But when we deal with like a fantasy world movie, none of them are fantasy. You know, like the, the human element is too thick in those movies. Uh, too much is relatable. And he goes on. 
You know, and he makes the point that the Dark Crystal is a legit fantasy movie. I mean, every piece of it is fantasy. Now, you, you can kind of make the argument that some, C, you know, like uh, CGI, like uh, um, Pixar and Disney, like, you know, like uh, animation can achieve this. And I, I, I do agree, like Fire and Ice. Yeah, like there's a lot in Fire and Ice that is that would classify itself with the Dark Crystal with the, with this criteria. And the criteria is that there's no human within the Dark Crystal at all. I mean, even like there's a couple um, establishing shots or wide, wide shots and it's someone in the suit and they're supposed to be a Gelfling. Elfling, Gelfling. Right, <laughs> yeah, and and that's it. And the the rest of the entire movie is effing puppets, so complex, so well constructed, so deep. That's what she said. You forget, you forget you're watching something with no humans on frame at all. Cinema's been around for a long time. No one's even come close to matching this. So every time I see the Dark Crystal, I have to see it for the first time. Now, you might say, Pete, what about the Dark Crystal thing on the Netflix app <laughs> service? Whatever you want to call it. And I might say, hey, hey, okay. Let's let's watch the trailer. You watch the trailer. Oh my god! Making a little thing between the trailer and the release. You're like, here we go. How long do I have to wait? So you wait and you watch it, and you see that it completely ignores all the mythology and all the lore. Uh, it shrinks the timeline. It doesn't respect that it is post-apocalyptic. That we're at the end. Of an era. So if we're doing a prequel. We have to make it an era. We have to make it different. We have to roll the dice. And do something very similar. To what Mr. Lucas did with the prequels. At least. With the prequels. To the new trilogy. And the original trilogy. There is a, a, there is a sense of time. That passes. This is one of the hardest things to get through. The, again. Um. My one of my revelations for the Thirty One Days of Dread episode one, the, October first, twenty twenty. I don't know how many different ways I can uh, spin that. Uh, or yeah, um, is Stephen King's it? Where Stephen King's it sells the passage of time so well. It chapter one, it chapter two. That no other horror movie really comes close, and because of that, it's epic. The passage of time. Within cinema, it's it's uh, people will say it's hard to direct animals and children, and and it's like what, like what, what are you saying? No, the passage of time, selling it. Look, well, uh, this is one of the things that really doesn't land too well with uh, Benjamin Button, the David Fincher movie starring Brad Pitt, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. It doesn't. I'm sorry. That doesn't mean that movie 
was an Oscar contender because it one thousand percent was. I I still believe Brad Pitt should have got the Oscar for that. So, the Dark Crystal Netflix show doesn't it doesn't go for it. It doesn't go hard. It doesn't swing for the fences, and it it plays it safe. The story's not interesting. The design work's not interesting. What you would want to be new isn't there. Uh, I believe I got four episodes in, and I got completely bored. Bored. Which, come on. I mean, it's hard to... I mean, they, they, they can make an animated cell sequel to Transformers the movie that picks up right after. Like floating unicron head over Cybertron. You can do this. <laughs> and um, I would watch it. I would, I would love it. You, you know, bring back uh, Stain Bush. Like, like, make a similar score. Let's go. I would be crazy for that. But that doesn't mean um, it's going to be good. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to enjoy it. So we waited a long time for a Dark Crystal sequel and or something. And it's, it, it, you know, like it, it, whatever the sequel. For that movie, uh, the um, what it implies by the end, uh, it's it, like you you cannot make a sequel, you just can't. Uh, and you know anything to come before? I I think you can. You know I really do. I think you you can show a world that once was, you know, and then build up into. What begins as the decay of that world. But anyway, so Oswald Morris, th- this is our cinematographer. British guy, lots of British credits, a lot of British awards. 1982, he dies. 1982, Dark Crystal comes out. This is the last movie that he lensed up. His cinematography sells this movie. His. It's because of him the movie doesn't look like garbage. It doesn't look um, like a TV movie. It looks like a real world. The way how he lit the Dark Crystal, he should have got an Academy Award. I, I, I don't know who, who, who got the Academy Award 1982. Who? Who are you? Come to me. <laughs> I need to ridicule you. I'm I'm saying this, and uh, I'm going through movies from 1982 right now, and I'm just thinking like, oh, okay, <laughs> what are you doing, Pete? But no, okay. So we have Trevor Jones, the most underrated movie scorer, movie musician, movie orchestra guy, Excalibur, 1981, one of my all time Excalibur most likely will be in Thanks Flicking. Excalibur, Time Bandits, Dark Crystal, Runaway Train, Labyrinth, Angel Heart, Mississippi Burning, Sea of Love, Bad Influence, Arachnophobia, True Colors, Free Jack. Every single one of his movies I just named. Uh, that's I'm just looking. I'm just glancing at uh, Wikipedia here. That's that's a ten year stretch, and there's movies I missed. I just said the ones that I saw that I like. I mean, Free Jack has a great score. So just time payments and, and Excalibur. Like, I don't know. He should have won the Academy Award 
an 81 for Excalibur. Should have won it back-to-back with uh, Dark Crystal. But uh, with 85 with Runaway Train, though, that was a, um, you know, that was like Oscar bait. A lot, so many people were into Runaway Train at the time. That's falling down the memory hole. But yeah, so when, when I need to be reminded that original does exist, I, I have to watch Dark Crystal because it's the only movie. It really is. Now, Transformers has a similar effect, especially Transformers, the animated movie. Because, like, at one time, that was the only way you could do them. And I do prefer the Michael Bay movies over the the, the animated movie. I really do. Just because Babes, the music, the, the, the sweat. And there's so much sweat in those movies. I love it. I love how hyper those movies are. But, like, Transformers is an idea that's so perfect. It truly can only exist as a toy. Even though it seems cinematic, it seems ready for animation, but it never quite gets there. But in all of those Transformer movies, they all have these elements, like these these scenes that, that remind us of how cool those toys are. But I would say similar, like on a very similar level, Transformers is just the idea of a robot transforming into a car is as original like as the dark crystal so original is out there it does exist and is looking at you in front of the face and every single time i watch the dark crystal that is really what i'm reminded of and that's why it's important and because of that i'm thankful i am so thankful for the dark crystal everyone thank you for joining me it's thanks flicking tomorrow we're going to do it. I said it. 1981, John Borman, Excalibur. Holy crap. Uh, I, I, I have a wedding story that involves Excalibur. Let's go.